Hey guys, welcome back to Investing Should Be Easy. I'm your host, Alex Richwagon, and we are in the midst of a four-part series on answering some emails that had talked about a bunch of listeners wanted to know, how do you find your investments? What do you look for? What are the strategies to go through? And the previous three installments have been a little bit different, so every time it's some Let's just say a little different for each party because not everybody wants as much risk or is looking for small caps. Some people want to do their own analysis. Some people want the pros analysis. Some people want to do research or give have information be given to them. The whole show has been premised on dividend reinvestment plans, and I went through about five to ten different companies and analyzed their reviews, their stocks and found out which companies were good, bad, and different, and made some recommendations along the way. So that was one way. And then over the past three installments, we talked about three different ideas on how to find actual investments. One was a common sense approach of products, services that you interact with on a daily basis. Another way is a a stock screener, if you will. And the stock screener is basically running fundamental or technical analysis through a stock screener known as, um, it's a free one that I really like to use. It's called Finviz, F-I-N-V-I-Z.com. And basically you can use ratios derived from a company's balance sheet and plug in and find, hey, here are some companies that you might actually know what they do based on the valuations that you're looking for. Another way we broke down a ETF, which is an exchange traded fund, basically a basket of stocks to find the best opportunities within that fund itself. And then tonight we're going to look at another area and what I would call the research method. And we're going to dive into that a little bit further. So that's going to be the show today is we're going to look at a research methodology to find investments. And I'm going to go through about two to three different sources of what you can do and their paid services that I like to use and why find value in them and we'll go through that in just a few minutes so before we get started let's go ahead and cue our intro music We got that uh, got that ready to go, so um, let's go ahead and jump in the show. If you guys have any questions or comments, go ahead and send me an email to alex.richwagon at gmail.com and visit the website alexrichwagon.com, and that's a G-E-N at the end of Richwagon to get you to the right place. Now, talked about at the top of the show, we're going to look at investment strategy by using like a research methodology, if you will. And there's two direct ones that I'm going to talk about, and a third one that I'll touch on at a high level, and maybe we might have to bridge that off into another topic, depending on how long it goes. The first way, uh, when I think about research, is I think about paid research. So you're looking at other analysts' expectations, and then you want to kind of devise and see what's best for you, and what's best for your portfolio, what companies do you believe in, the ones that you would like to put your heart and money and make your life a little easier later on by gaining capital gains off of their investments and gaining dividends as well. The first one I want to talk about is Fortune Magazine. It's a paid subscription. It costs me, I don't know, something like $20, $30 a year. Not very expensive. 
I like the digital copy. But more importantly, they talk about a number of ideas throughout the entire year that I find very valuable. And it gives me ideas of sometimes it talks about investments that I have. A lot of times it talks about investments I don't have in companies and what they're doing to further a technology or they're investing in a new strategy. And they talk a lot about they're really open with their research is why companies win and why companies fail. To me, that's very powerful research. And I'm going to give you an example of one of the things that I found in one of their latest versions that I found really valuable. So as we know, tax reform has just been passed. So President Donald Trump signed it into law a few weeks back, whereas the personal tax rate and the corporate tax rate have been completely changed and for the better for keeping more money in your wallet. Corporations their highest tax limit used to be around 35%, and now it's all the way down to 21%. Just think about that 14% on what companies could do with that money. They could reinvest in their business. They could invest in new strategies, new products, more marketing dollars. They could give money back to employees, give it to shareholders. There's a lot of possibilities. Excuse me. So going back to the research and the paid research, One of the things that the investor issue for 2018 that the Fortune magazine listed out is they started talking about the tax rate and companies that could possibly benefit for it. And they specifically named a few names. Um, Pfizer has as much as the 34% tax rate. Dr. Pepper, 34%. And one more that I want to mention is Kroger Grocery Stores. Now, Kroger Grocery Stores is something I've mentioned on the store before because They've got, I think, around 35% tax rate. And if they're going all the way down to 21%, just think about how much money that's going to save the company. Let's use easy number, high level. Let's say that the company earned $100,000, let's say a million dollars in revenue. million dollars is easier, just round big number. And they had to pay out a 35% tax rate and then go down to their net income. So before even getting their net income you pay out a tax rate of 35%, you're left with $650,000 in revenue before even paying employees and your expenses and everything else that goes along with it. Now, you're only paying out 21%. Now, all of a sudden, you've got $810,000. No, I did that backwards. $179,000. Sorry about that. $179,000 to, it's going to go down to your net income. That's a huge boost from the 165 to the 179 mark $200,000 plus. And keep in mind, these companies we're talking about, they make billions of dollars a year. Billions. So if you think about in terms of 14% times a billion, it's a lot of money. And what could they do with that money? That means they're going to have higher earnings and all their earnings estimates have not been completely revised. That's why companies like this that have these higher tax rates are going to enjoy a lot more cash flow into their operations. And just it's going to take some time to see what they do with that cash flow, but it's going to be good for an investment perspective. So that was one thing that really stood out to me is when I read through the articles. And they've got a whole bunch of other things that went through the article. But that was one thing from a tax perspective, as I want to touch on at a very high level, is that's just a huge boost on what the companies could do with discretionary spending. So again, those companies that I listed were Pfizer, P-V-I-Z-E-R, Dr. Pepper, and the last one was Kroger Food, food Supermarkets. 
The next one that we want to talk about from a paid research perspective is I have a newsletter that I subscribe to. And um, the guy that I listen to just to get other ideas is um, he has his own podcast. He has his own website, um, frankcurzio.com. And that's Curzio with the C U R I Z E O. And Frank does a really good job of breaking down companies at a very basic level, but then can get really technical as well and really fundamental. He's a great analyst. I think he's been doing it for 20, 30 plus years, learned from his dad. But I've learned from his paid services and subscription to the power to let somebody else give you ideas and generate ideas because you want to balance that up against your own beliefs as well. So once you become more of a sophisticated investor, all that stuff is really helpful because you don't want to just have your own opinion. You want to have other opinions of people that could be completely different from you. They, more importantly, disagree with you because then it makes you challenge your own belief that there's not 10 people in the room all high-fiving that go and all think that the same stock is going to go up. Maybe somebody thinks it's going to go down. What are they, why do they think it's going to go down? How do you learn from them? And what do you can you gain from that insight? I'll give you an example of something that I learned from Frank is years ago, he goes um, annually to the customer customer electronics show in Las Vegas, Nevada. And before the Internet of Things came out and was a real thing and a, a saying, if you will, is he was picking up on the idea of connectivity, which is the Internet of Things. And there's a company that's very much embedded in that. And they sustained a huge growth run, which was um, Skyworks. Skyworks is a company that has uh, semiconductors and they have interconnectivity into um, their semiconductors into um, mobile devices, specifically iPhones and Androids. So regardless of who wins the war on smartphones and mobile phones, Skyworks is behind their technology and powering a lot of that connectivity, giving you and I a great experience in the palm of our hands. Something I maybe would have caught around to maybe in a year afterwards, but he was giving me the information year or so in advance so that way I could get behind the investment and make three, four hundred percent of my money on one stock idea. That itself paid for my newsletter subscription and I thought it was really beneficial. So those are a couple different ideas on paid research to look for investment ideas. Let me give you one more area. I might have to break this down into different ones. And this kind of goes into really diving further into research. And what I mean with research is you just go straight to books. I went to, I think it was Barnes & Noble years and years ago. And I started looking up, um, I I wanted to find leaders in their respective fields and read about the companies to find out what their management teams were doing and planning. There was a really impressive series called Fisher Investments. And they basically broke down sectors. Like I think the one that I read was around um, either metals and then also construction. And that's where I started forming my opinion around Caterpillar at the time, which made me a good return around that they were a leader in their industry. They had a really healthy cash flow statement because that had all the financials as well. 
They were expanding into different markets. They were expanding with their brands. They had a really good distribution network. They had, let's say, a good strategy on their market play. They knew their distribution network was a really powerful piece of the puzzle, but I wouldn't have known any of this had I not gone thought about the research behind it. And I know a lot of you aren't going to take a chance to go do all that stuff, but for the few people that are curious enough to go do so, I think it'd be really powerful to go look at your own research. So that's what I did, is I went down to the library, went down to Barnes and Noble, and started researching this stuff, which I thought gave me good ideas, made me money, so the time investment for me was worth it, and then to put your money behind it, and you felt I felt really good about my investment after that. I'm gonna give you one more idea, and yeah, I'm gonna have to go to next week's show, with this one, so this was supposed to be a four-part series, but the fourth part is gonna have to bridge into a little more gap, just because the level of content, and I'll talk about it in further detail next week, but let me give you the author's names. is um, these two guys that I read, and every few years, they come out with their future predictions, if you will, and I'll give you an example. So before the term CRISPR was more known, they were writing about it, I want to say like almost 10 years ago. CRISPR is basically, um, it's, it's a way to modify genes within your, your system to get rid of bad genes and incorporate better genes, especially things dealing with like cancer, um, cardiovascular disease, talking about major diseases in your life. And these guys write about it in advance, like way, way in advance, and then tell you all the companies because they're heavy investors in the life companies, and they don't write to get rich. They just write because they love doing it, and it helps them get smarter and better, and they just kind of notate all their travels and pick out their best names. The two guys that I, I'm talking about right now are Al Shalaby and Jim Mellon. They've got about five or six different books on Amazon, and I want to talk about a few of them and what I've learned from them and their investments and that they're and they're writing about because I think their writing is really really good and I respect the crap out of it because I've learned a lot from them I've made a good amount of money from their books and it's something that I would heavily encourage other people to do because if you look on Amazon you'll see something like five six ten reviews nothing astronomical nothing crazy like what you see in one of those books written by um, Tony Robbins if you will of self help guru and I can learn investment strategies. Yeah, but he's not going in the field. He's not investing in these companies. He's not doing all the boots on the ground, you know, getting dirty, getting your hands dirty research. These guys are. And their their writing style is very impressive. They were writing about connectivity well in advance. They were writing about autonomous cars, but not just autonomous cars, but what companies are manufacturing the batteries and who's trying to beat them to the battery finish line. So instead of getting on Tesla, which has been a, on a huge growth spurt, what are the parts that make up a Tesla car? And how do you get behind those? So that's the kind of writing that these guys do, and I think it's really, really cool. Um, that's something I want to bring to the show uh, next week. I thought I might run out of time, and I was right, because I like to keep these segments around 15 to 20 minutes. I know a lot of people um, like the podcast around 15 to 20 minutes from what I get on their feedback perspective, so I'll try to keep it to that. And um, that's going to be today's show. So what we did is we talked about paid research. My show's free, so you can just, you know, you can listen to mine for free. But I'll go into detail about some of the stuff that I'm researching and I'm reading because I think it's it helps me learn and get smarter and get better, which is fine, and um, you can benefit from it. Again, if you've got 
comments or questions, um, things you want me to answer on the show, go ahead and shoot me a note to alex.richwagon at gmail.com. I hope your New Year's is off to a great start. Your New Year's resolutions are intact. I think the number one resolution by far is people that want to lose weight, eat healthier, and then they fall off a cliff within a month. Don't fall off a cliff. Keep it up. Do better. Live better. And I'll actually talk about that with some of the books that I've been reading as well. So um, without further ado, signing off. You guys have a great rest of your week, and I will talk to you next week. Bye, guys. Alex Richwagon is an investment research analyst. Any of his recommendations are that of Mr. Richwagon. The information presented is the opinion of his and only his research. You should not base your investment decision based solely on his opinion. Remember, it's your money and your responsibility.